Welcome to Become an Idol. I'm Dr. Robin Sargent, owner of Idol Courses. This is the place where newbies come to learn and veterans share their knowledge. I have here with me today Stanislav Nachev, and he actually, I got introduced to him through the Idol Courses Academy. He joined the Academy during our fourth cohort, and um, I just want to introduce him and share his success story because he recently became an idol. And so, um, Stanislav, will you please um, introduce yourself formally, kind of tell us your background and... Um, just a little bit about who you are and then I'll grill you with questions. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so I, I spent uh, the last probably 10 years or so um, in education and um, I uh, did all kinds of different, uh, took all kinds of different roles. Uh, I didn't really um, end up as a teacher at any given point, uh, even though I, I did teach a fair bit in different places. Um, and I work basically with uh, all kinds of different learners from uh, from kindergarten all the way up to grade 12 and including adults, um, more so adults towards the kind of the latter part of those 10 years. And um, I, for the four of those years, I had the dream to be an instructional designer. And uh, it was, uh, it became clear to me that I, my, my passion um, was with instructional design more so when I realized that I, I can't really um, I can't really survive so to speak in a, in a classroom I have a lot of respect for, for teachers that can uh, that can make that that work for them um, having worked in different schools and having seen what that's like I realized that instructional design is a is a place where I want to be and um, yeah it was, I was I spent uh, one of my jobs about uh, spent about three weeks uh, creating a, a course, uh, a ESL course, an English as a second language course, and uh, I wanted to uh, explore more of that and, uh, and create more training programs and materials. And, and when I dived into it, I, I realized that um, everything that I've been working towards, everything that I've been doing in my different experiences, different jobs, has been sort of accumulating and, and building up to, to this moment when I, I can be an instructional designer. So now you say that you were an education and you taught K through 12 adults mm -hmm. um, and you only sometimes taught. So could you be a little more specific? Like what were some of the titles? Like what, what were you doing in education? If you weren't a teacher, mm. were you an ed tech person or what were you? Um, so I, I, I'll start with the last role that I, that I had, uh, which was an assistive technology trainer or assistive technology coach. And um, assistive technology basically encompasses uh, anything that deals with accessibility challenges. Um, and uh, those could be um, physical, they could be mental, they could be um, on, on different levels um, in terms of uh, in regarding to uh, the learner and and the material they need to learn. So I was basically coaching um, and training um, students that were in the sort of middle middle to high school level um, and also their teachers uh, a lot of the times. 
on how to use the uh, text-to-speech, speech-to-text, uh, uh, reading and writing technology that would allow them to be able to easier access materials um, and uh, be able to exchange different pieces of, of work that the student has completed and that the teacher needs to be completed as part of their um, as part of their program or the course that they're doing. And um, besides actually just uh, doing sort of the ed tech side of things of showing how a, a piece of software worked or an app on their phone or their tablet, um, I also provided, uh, and this is where sort of the, a little bit of the instructional design kind of creeps in is um, as part of my job, I had to also teach them different learning strategies. And a lot of those learning strategies um, uh, had a sort of a holistic approach as to um, how they meshed with the, the actual uh, product that, uh, that was being used. Uh, and uh, for instance, it's not just about using a, a text-to-speech app. It's also, for instance, using it in a moment when uh, you could uh, you know, pair something else along with it. Um, let's say you, you need to do a homework and uh, instead of reading that, that piece of, uh, of text, you listen to it while you're jotting down notes. So note-taking, for instance, along with reading and write, read and write uh, or a text-to-speech app is, is you know, one type of strategy could be. So that's, um, that's sort of, um, uh, that's the sort of line of, of, of work that I did there. And then another one was uh, I had to, uh, I was facilitating these Lego workshops. So I was using different uh, uh, Lego kits and um, it was a program that I had to present over a span of five weeks. Uh, at a time of, with one particular school and uh, and then the uh, the owner of the company one summer asked me to because he wanted to implement new technology he asked me to come up with something with Lego robotics because that that was at the time something that was quite uh, popular with uh, with the younger audience and uh, he basically threw a Lego robotics kit my way and he said see what see what you can come up with and uh, I spent probably three months researching and putting together different uh, sample lessons and uh, trying to come up with a sort of a, a program that could really work for, uh, for the company that would be easy to, that would create a model that would be easy to disassemble, to be uh, logistically possible to fit in within the 60 minutes that we had allocated per lesson. And, um, and then, you know, that before that, I, I, I did teach in a, in a private school setting because that's what's sort of possible where I live in, in Canada um, without having to go to actually to teacher's college and uh, earning a degree in that. And uh, there I had an ESL course, as I mentioned, that I, I, that's how I got started. So I did a lot of research for that. And then I was just really uh, enthused by the, the idea that I can design something my, that, was, that was, would be my own. Oh my gosh, you have such a wonderful background for being an instructional designer because so many instructional designers um, have to then learn about universal design for learning or they have to kind of rework their framework to consider accessibility at the beginning of their design after they've mm -hmm. been doing it for a while. And you actually come from that place. And so I bet yeah, um, yeah. that's, I mean, that's really, um, because 
I mean, just to be able to think about that right from the very beginning about mm -hmm. making things inclusive for all the learners is a wonderful background to have. Okay, so you yeah. are doing this for like 10 years and then you yeah. knew you wanted to transition into instructional design. And so what did you try to do before you joined the academy? So I actually, uh, and this is kind of the way that I found out about the academy as well, is the one, my, the one person of contact that really got me into this was Christy Tucker. And I, I don't know if, you know, if she listens to this or she ends up listening to this eventually, but I would love to thank her from the bottom of my heart for having come, come my way and, and having had conversations over LinkedIn messaging and, and her introducing me to all different links and her blog and, uh, I've seen uh, webinars and podcasts with her and I basically try to uh, find everything on the on the web about the things that she does and uh, and that's how I came across uh, the Idol Course Academy eventually and then I I told I told myself well I I, I deserve this like I this is an investment in me um, the financial side was a bit of an obstacle at first, but then I saw that you, you have that wonderful uh, pay per month uh, type of deal. And uh, I thought, well, I, I want to do this. Like, this is, uh, this is what I, what I, what my dream job is. And, uh, but before that, you know, four years prior, um, I was sort of testing the water and I wasn't quite sure what, and this is really important. I think to, to sort of uh, highlight is I wasn't quite sure what exactly an instructional designer does. And, Later on, I found out that an instructional designer does all kinds of things, and uh, there are all kinds of flavors of instructional design, if you will. Um, and I, it's kind of what you want it to be, what you make it out to be. And that's where I wasn't quite, um, quite certain on. I thought it was, or it would be like these huge expectations in with particular regards to, to the job. And the one that out of all the different kinds that was most uh, sort of uh, mentally uh, challenging was visual. Like I wasn't sure if, if I was a visual, uh, if I'd be able to visually express my ideas or if I'll be able to visually understand or learn in that sort of way. And uh, afterwards I, I discovered that it, within the Idol Academy, and I have this to, to thank for as well, uh, is that I'm actually not too bad at all for uh, for a, a someone who is able to put together visual elements and, and represent my ideas through them. And uh, the way that I accomplished that was through the infographic. And I think that's a great first piece for your portfolio. And it's a great uh, uh, first little bit to, to get started, even if you, you're not too sure if you want to do the, uh, uh, the instructional design as a career. I think, you know, create an infographic, see what, what you come up with and uh, the sort of visual language that you, you represent uh, through the different symbols that you come up with and, and icons. And I think that's, that's what sort of uh, cemented my understanding and, and, and want to continue after uh, sort of four years of, uh, should I do this or not, should I do this or not, and every year just kind of going back to it and, and, and exploring every single little bit. And, I actually remember that I went back to, um, I decided that I, like many uh, others, I, I decided that I should do, I should study this in a university or a college. Um, and I, I picked up a, a program here locally, but after not even taking one course, um, not even starting that one course, they, they said that 
they'll, they'll cancel the, the courses for that summer. So I couldn't really take any courses. And uh, I just went off to uh, exploring it and teaching myself instructional design through reading a bunch of different books and uh, articles and so on. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that, um, you know, Christy Tucker was, you know, kind of um, your early mentor. And even though I started um, a little bit before you in 2012, as far as like making that transition, Christy Tucker was also my hero. And so, okay. <laughs> so it's that's funny, really like, cool. Just, I mean, how much she has impacted so many people in our industry and for yeah. so long. And now, of course, yeah. um, you know, I have the pleasure to be, um, you know, working alongside her in the e-learning freelancer bootcamp and mm -hmm. things like that. But I know she, I mean, shout out to Chrissy Tucker all day. I mean, that blog is, yeah. and, the, oh, and yeah. the fact that you can just message her is, is incredible. So you, um, so you tried to start a program and they canceled classes on you and yeah. then you just kept putting it to the side, but you knew that it was something that you liked. I mean, when you designed that Lego course and the ESL yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the, the those two pieces. I, I always went back to them in my mind and, and every single time I, I had to like list all the, the achievements, all the things I was proud of, those would come first. I'll be like, yes, I made that. And, and uh, that's what um, I, I just kept going back to it in my, in my life. You know how when during tough moments uh, we always uh, should, uh, or we would go back to, uh, to uh, times in our lives when we were successful when we felt accomplished and that's when I felt accomplished and and I wanted to uh, make that my career and uh, I I thought in some way that I found a, the funny thing is that you, you'd always you'd always find excuses for yourself to, to not do something because you you don't feel as comfortable for it and that's sort of how I felt during those four years I I always made up excuses like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not good with visual things or, oh, no, no, I don't have like these, uh, you know, ex expertise or I don't have this, this uh, you know, piece of paper that says I can do this and that. And I just sort of made excuses for myself and kept basically bouncing from one kind of teaching job or supportive job to, to another. And, and I, after like, uh, after all these years, after finishing that, that stint that I, uh, as, as a assistive technology coach, I, I just told myself uh, towards the end of it, like I was basically sick of, of being in that space and I didn't, I didn't feel like I was really progressing. I, I basically reached the, the upper limits of what I could do without having had a teacher certificate. And most of my colleagues at the time, most of my peers, they were uh, pivoting towards that. And uh, I remember talking to uh, one of the, one of the guys that I used to work with, and he said that he had just gotten a sort of part-time uh, teaching job at a school at a, with a board because he, he had his uh, full certification to teach. And uh, in fact, I, I was even uh, a lot of the special ed teachers that I, that I used to work with uh, within the schools because they were kind of like a touch point. Um, a lot of them even said, like, they would ask me, like, oh, what do you, what do you, what's your future? You know, what do you, what do you plan on doing? You want a, you want a teaching job? And I, I feel like they were ready to offer me one if I had, had the certification but that's not where I wanted to be like I I wanted to create like the programs that that they used to to teach their their students and uh, and everybody else and I, I was more uh, into uh, creating the materials and the, the program or the, the sort of the curriculum if you will and um, 
I actually had uh, within that last role, I had the, the chance to uh, initiate something that uh, I'm actually feel quite proud of. Um, kind of combining uh, my degree in English and uh, uh, in the instructional design side of things, I I basically complained for the first three weeks of my uh, within my role that there's no style guide, there's no manual to which we, we could write reports for that role because one of the key things that we had to do is we had to write a report for the teacher and for the parent um, after each session with, uh, with the student. And... Uh, I talked to my direct manager, I talked, spoke to, to uh, um, current managers on one level above that, basically saying we need to create within the company some kind of a, a standard for all these reports that we're writing because it's crazy. Like everybody seems to be doing whatever they want and it's difficult to learn as a new, as a new person within the company. It's difficult to learn um, how to actually do these reports. And, uh, you know, I, I explained to them my previous experience, having worked in the uh, in the sort of a publishing news, uh, news journalism business for a little bit. Um, I, I said, like, we need some kind of a style guide. Like, we need a, a solid foundation that we can all refer to with templates, with uh, guides, and with explanation, with sample work that we can look at. That would be easy for all of us to to do. So, eventually, after three months. Um, they ended up putting us all together in a, in a side of a, in the corner of a coffee shop. Um, basically me and uh, I think it was 10 or 10 or 12 uh, uh, sort of teammates that we all work within the same uh, district. Uh, we sat down and we, we spent probably, uh, uh, let's say almost a full day uh, discussing and, and thinking and putting together a manual, uh, which was like over a 30 page manual that essentially became the foundation of what uh, would be used within that district for everybody to, uh, to be able to uh, source and in, in inspiration from and, and draw samples from. And it, it had everything in it. Like, um, obviously I cannot really use that uh, in any way in, in my portfolio at all, because that's something that's proprietary to the, to the company. But I feel very proud of that achievement because it's something that I, started out with a problem that I, I had a vision of what would be the solution and then moved towards collaboration and finally towards uh, wrapping it up and, and having a solid uh, material that could be used. And so I just love your stories, Stanislav. So <laughs> it, you, it took you four years of kind of like, like some fits and starts and then you finally made the commitment to invest in yourself and that, and we started that cohort in early June, 2020. And mm -hmm. then you landed your job, what, just last month in September? Uh, yeah, like uh, actually maybe 10 days ago. Okay. No, less, uh, like a week ago. That's when I got the confirmation. That's when uh, I, I said, I got the offer and I said, yeah, a couple of days after that. Um, and that's because I, I felt that whatever whatever the other offer was, it wasn't going to beat LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, surprise! You're working at LinkedIn Learning. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's three months. So you made the decision. You invest in the academy, and then yeah. within three months, you basically land your dream job. Dream job. So I want to know, yeah. like, how far um, in the coursework, like, how much of your portfolio and 
like what did you get done before you started applying and going through the process what did what did that look like for you because i know it's different for everybody oh absolutely i i think that i would be probably in in uh and it's really bad to compare myself but uh i i'd say that probably i i've done the least what i feel like is the least amount of work because <laughs> i've got i've got an infographic and I have sort of a, a new learning template, if you will, done. And um, that's probably about it. Like I've created some graphic assets and I have like sort of a rough idea of, of a course that I've actually shared. And I kind of have like the workflow of like, uh, you know, the interactions of like um, what would the, the, the learner click and where would it lead them sort of thing. Um, so I have that, but other than that, I don't really have a whole lot. Like I started out um, thinking that I need to have a complete portfolio and honest to God, thank God I didn't, I didn't go down that route because I'll still not have a job. Um, I just basically told myself that regardless of, of which way I end up, if somebody requires some sort of a sample, then I'll, I'll provide a sample of some sort, but I, I didn't really, I didn't really get hung up too much on, uh, which is very unlike me. I'm usually like very much by the book. I always try to have everything completed, everything ready at the right time and, and so on. And very much a perfectionist in that sense. And uh, I didn't let that um, hold me back. I just started applying to uh, a dozen jobs. And uh, I, as I said, I had that, uh, uh, I guess before we started the recording, I, I have that, that contact that in, at, at LinkedIn that really sort of helped me. But I kept in touch with that, with that person for basically the, the extent of, of, my, of the cohort at uh, Adol. So uh, I, in some ways, um, I was feeding her things that I was working on. So I was basically telling her, hey, I'm working on this this month. And then a few weeks later or a month, they'll be like, hey, I'm, I've made this this sort of new thing, check it out. And so that I think in some ways perhaps um, solidified that connection, sort of proving that I'm, I'm serious about this. Um, and, uh, and then just, just kind of uh, went from there. I, uh, the, the, other, the, other, the other job that I applied to um, uh, didn't really require per se a portfolio, a link to portfolio. Instead, they gave me a, an assignment that I had to do which I had uh, about three or four days to, to work on. And um, I used every single little bit that I had learned from the Adult Academy for that um, and everything else that I know for that particular assignment. And they were surprised that, um, that I, it had taken me the time that it did because they were expecting basically triple that amount of time for the work that I had actually put into it. So I was very efficient with, uh, with the way that I tackled that particular assignment. And so you, so you didn't have your portfolio done. Did you mm -hmm. update your LinkedIn profile? Um, I updated it with uh, the fact that I have, um, uh, I'm, I'm doing the uh, Idle Course Academy. Um, I then also like, this was months ago though. Um, I, I put down that uh, I was a freelance instructional or learning experience designer. Um, and uh, from there on, uh, I'd say though the, the most, the majority of my work went into the actual um, resume and, uh, and and cover letter. And I have Jay Lash to thank a huge amount for 
um, as well as um, Molly Parsons for the, the guides that they, they have created online. That's part of the Adult Course Academy that uh, have allowed me to zero in on exactly and be able to take apart uh, not just my resume, but also the job ads, most importantly, because um, that's that really allowed me to, to focus on exactly what I can do out of that one particular um, job that I have liked and, and not to be disillusioned by the title. If the title is fancy, but maybe they, they ask me to do things that um, I wouldn't be quite as passionate about, I, I, it, it would allow me to fi figure out how much design work will I actually be doing and how much freedom would I actually be allowed to, to have. And that was really important in kind of disseminating and, and uh, clearing out any kind of fog that, that I might have and, and um, illusions about a job, which is very important for anybody who's going in as a beginner into this and who has no experience. Uh, because we do a lot, of, a lot of different kinds of roles within the Adult Academy, I find. And not every uh, company will ask you to do everything. So to me, how much designing I will do was, was really more important. So how many jobs do you think you directly applied to? And I know, um, you know, that you just kept in contact with that one. So how many did you apply to like guesstimate and how many interviews did you have like per company? And then how did okay. you end the um, this is, this is going to shock. I think a lot of people because they, uh, the, the common, uh, the common uh, sort of belief is that uh, you have to apply to at least a hundred, which is, um, Depending on what you're going for, before before the pandemic, I did apply to like 70 jobs as a it was like a learning specialist or something like that, and it wasn't anything that was in, as instructional design heavy. Uh, so I'd applied to a lot before, and I had a lot of interviews back then. But a lot of things sort of changed, and I don't really, I can't really draw as much connection to that at this point because of how things have shifted. But I'd say um, in recent, in the past, like, I guess, two months or less than, like, actually more like a month and a bit, I probably applied to maybe a dozen jobs, maybe like 10, 10 or 12 jobs. And I've had, uh, so I had one interview with a company that uh, was doing accessibility training. Um, and that interview was sort of a, a, a forced interview on my part because I basically, uh, found a way through the, the website of the company uh, to get a hold of someone at the company that would listen to me, uh, that I'll be able to talk to and, and share what my experiences are. And then they gave me, turned out it was a salesperson, but either way, someone to talk to. Um, I ended up sending uh, through another email, uh, I ended up sending my resume. I didn't really hear back from that company, but that's all right, I, I kept applying. And then I had uh, the, the uh, LinkedIn learning interview, and then I had the one with uh, D2L. Uh, and uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Like I had those three, three interviews, um, about 10 or 12 jobs that I had applied for. Um, I was considering a bunch more, depending on how things were, would have panned out. But as I said, I'm really fortunate that I had that, that connection and the, the networking that I had done previously. So I've done a lot of work prior to this, uh, this instance of like, okay, let's start applying. Um, and it, that's kind of like the, 
I guess the flow of the Idle Course Academy for me personally is that it was a lot of like sort of prep work that you do. Like you, you build pieces that you, you put together in different ways that end up uh, coming up to a grander design. So let's, let's unpack how you actually landed your job. So, I mean, you got a few interviews and mm. you actually start, you start laying the groundwork for LinkedIn learning pretty early, just kind of staying in contact with the content manager. Uh, she, she's actually the, uh, and this is, it surprised me as well to, to, to find this out. Um, she's the head of business content strategy at LinkedIn learning. Okay. Content strategy. Okay. So you kept yeah. it, you just like, how did you reach out to her in the first place? What did you say? Well, that's, that's the, that's sort of the, the crazy story. Um, so, um, her name's Jolly. So I reached out, I find out about Jolly that through a course that she has on LinkedIn learning, uh, for resumes. And, uh, again, this is way before it's, I'd say probably about a month before I joined the Idle Course Academy. I was working on my resume and um, I found this course that she was doing and did the course. And I found that the way that she'd done the course was beautiful. Like it was so well paced and she had uh, really good uh, ways of, of explaining different kinds of resume templates and tackling uh, and basically staying organized, tackling different jobs and, and I really love that. And uh, I was like, well, you know, I want to I want to find out who this person is. So I, I looked her up on LinkedIn uh, and followed her. And uh, a few weeks later, I saw that she, she had posted, uh, she made a post, sort of a global post uh, saying that she has like sort of like office hours to uh, help out job seekers who are looking for um help with their LinkedIn profile, with their resume. So I reached out and I basically grabbed the last slot that, that she had. And, uh, and she's like, yeah, I'll put you down if this, this is okay for you. And she's in a different time zone, but I'm like, yeah, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Just whatever time you got, I'll be there. And uh, I had a, a basically a, a sort of a Zoom call, but it was like a Microsoft Teams or something like that. And it was supposed to be 15 minutes and, and I sent her my resume beforehand and she kind of looked it over and she's like, Oh, you're, so you, you did, you studied English. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, Oh, you know, us, uh, us, us English majors need to stick together. You know, I did English as well. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool. So she looked at all my experience and she was kind of like, okay, what do you, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? And I, I sort of explained to her that I have this dream about e-learning and instructional design and, you know, uh, basically creating a, a learning experience uh, with in different ways uh, to be able to um, immerse the learner and make them you know more engaged and, and present uh, content that's that that's relevant to them and uh, and she's like wow like you know I can tell you really have a lot of passion for this you know let's keep you on our on our radar and that when she said those words, it's like the magical words. It just basically unlocked something in me. And I just felt so inspired to, to just keep on going. And I was like, wow, like how amazing would it be if I could, if I could land a job at LinkedIn Learning? Like the, the company that I've taken so many courses at, that I found out so many things through, it'd be amazing. So I was really inspired for the next few months. And I, my, my enthusiasm kind of uh, ebbed and flowed. Uh, as the time went on, I was like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe this will work out, maybe it won't. 
kept in touch with her and then she she would constantly update me like oh yeah this is position or you know maybe like this will work out maybe not and uh, yeah and I just kind of then uh, uh, got into the Idol Course Academy I thought okay you know I can here's here's a great chance to build something and to 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 really prove both to myself and to everybody else that I can actually do this regardless of what sort of credentials or diplomas or degrees I have and uh, yeah and then just uh, every single little thing that I did uh, I updated her on and I said hey this is what I've completed you know, would you like to take a look at that and she's like oh that's really cool that's interesting and then um, yeah and then and she kind of like she also became my one of my mentors um, through that course through the, those those conversations we had and uh, eventually I I, I persisted and, and uh, the role that uh, I got is, uh, I think, a good stepping, uh, first step, uh, stepping stone to continue on. So did journey. she send you the job directly? I mean, the one that you applied for? She basically said, uh, there's a role that's uh, related to instructional design that's, uh, that's regarding uh, basically curating different uh, course or a course playlist, so to speak, um, is what they call them. Um, and, uh, and she explained that it's content mapping and, and I had no idea what that was at the time. And I was like, yeah, yeah, like, you know, it seems interesting. Like, uh, it's not, a, it's, a, it's a good entryway into, into the company, into the industry in general. Um, and uh, basically, I think three weeks after that, I, I was reached out by one of her managers because she said that it's, with a manager that that uh, works for her actually and i thought well that's wonderful um and uh i think the biggest obstacle there was that uh, uh i live in canada and uh linkedin learning is based out of the states and they don't necessarily have an office here that i could get hired out of uh, and be treated as a as a canadian employee working in canada so um I basically the basically set it up so that uh, I'm essentially a contingent worker uh, at, at LinkedIn and that way I don't have to uh, I don't have to deal with uh, I guess the other any kind of labor issues or anything like that. So they not only hired you Stanislav they made a way to hire you. Yeah 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 which is huge I, I, I couldn't be I couldn't be thankful enough like I it was a it was a good uh, sort of uh, match between uh, seeing the, the passion that I have for the e-learning and, and uh, also, um, you know, figuring out all the other logistics of it. And, and uh, I'm, I'm super happy and thankful for, for uh, having uh, come across uh, all these people and, uh, and having that opportunity. And just, um, you know, that's just the power of like building that relationship too. I mean, Jolly mm -hmm. just like probably like fell in love with you and was like, oh my gosh, he's just so persistent. He's got like, you know, all mm -hmm. these key features that I would like to have on my team. And so then she's like, oh, this job is underneath me. And so she probably like handed your resume to that manager. It's like, you've got to find a way, you know, interview him. I'm yeah. sure you're going to love yeah. him. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not quite, uh, quite sure how it worked out, but like, I think that's, uh, uh, that sounds like a, a plausible way, you know. I, I think that's. Uh, um, uh, I did have to resubmit my, my resume for, for the position. Like it's not like uh, you know it was kind of handed to me. Or anything, <laughs> I, I did have to go through a laborious uh, process, and uh, uh, now 
it, it's a, I think it's, it's great to, to have that contact. And uh, uh, I'm, I have gotten jobs before where I didn't necessarily have a, a contact and I've, I've able, I was able to land different positions. But I think that, it, that, that nudge definitely helps along the way as, as you go along. And, and having that, that mentor to, to guide you through the, the process is, is huge. Uh, and it's something that every, every idol um, in the course academy uh, would benefit from in general. Like I think that we all have uh, unique uh, abilities and unique talents and skills and passions. So um, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's, it's really important to, to have someone that can, that can help you highlight those. So when do you start? Have you started already? I have not. I've been going through a lot of laborious and meticulous paperwork and background checks and things that I have to sign and uh, things I have to get approved. And it's a, it's a tricky process uh, that I, I've never had to navigate personally. It's not as, uh, as simple as like, here's a contract sent on the dotted line and off you go. It's like the different agreements that they, that, uh, they want you to sign to, uh, to sort of make sure that everything is, is uh, legally uh, secure and so on and uh, that's that, that's the sort of uh, thing that you kind of learn as you uh, even I'm sure that you as a, as a business owner you've uh, you deal with a lot of that stuff so uh, on the pe- depending on the people that you hire and the people that, that you work for on the, on the other hand as well so and so I imagine this um, role is completely remote it is it is yeah yeah well initially the, here's the fun fact initially Joey was asking me are you willing to relocate? And now, I don't know if you're familiar, but LinkedIn Learning is in California. So if things hadn't panned out with the pandemic the way they are, uh, I might have had to relocate to California. I don't know. It's, it's a, maybe in some parallel universe, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and then you learned how to surf. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> might as well go all the way down that parallel universe. So, so you didn't have to relocate. You, um, you get to w- work remotely. Are you making mm-hmm. more than you ever have before? Uh, absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I definitely say, I definitely say, and that's the, that's sort of the, the, the one thing that, that really, uh, kind of, uh, also helped me with the, with the choice. Uh, um, because the other, the other company that I, I was with, I, I sort of knew from the beginning how much they would be able to offer me. And, uh, considering it was a smaller company, I didn't really, um, I felt that the role, even though the role actually said instructional designer, I, I feel like I would have had a lot of uh, constraints regarding uh, the work that I was doing. Plus, they, they seemed like they were really on a, on a time crunch, like they wanted uh, a lot of their designs to be sort of uh, uh, done uh, as, as quickly as possible. And uh, a lot of that came down to the backlog that I had, which sort of made me think like, okay, if that's the case, then uh, you know, why don't you couldn't you have expedited the, the process that you hire the way they hire and so on? Um, the, the sort of, the one thing that really put a, a, a damper on the whole thing is that uh, it was the, at the very end that they were asking me to provide references. And that's, that's usually something that I feel like companies should ask for right at the beginning, because uh, if it's a time issue where you have to make also a choice as uh, someone who's, who's choosing which way, which company to work for, if it's a, a, a formal detail as, 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 uh, as little as, uh, as references, then, you know, say, hey, provide 
provide this, these contacts so that we can check them along the way. And then at some point the company can do their checks and, and, and so on and, and make, make their decision based on that. But like the ask for that at the very last step, I think that's where I was like, okay, like I, this just basically uh, makes it clear to me which way I need to go. So um, it was one of the things that, that I, I considered. That's funny because that's actually pretty common. Right? Is so, it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, they're not going to go through the trouble of making phone calls for all the references unless they really, unless they want to hire that person. True. Okay. Yeah. Well, so it means they I, wanted I just, to hire you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounded like, it, it sounded like, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not, you know, discrediting that notion. I just thought that there was uh, it would have it presented a, a time, uh, time challenge for myself because I, I had to make a decision whether I wanted to i think you made i think you knew what the right decision was the whole time i mean i'm pretty sure you're probably like pinching yourself that like you just had this in your mind like wouldn't it be cool yeah. if i yeah, could work yeah. for linkedin learning and holy cow three months later you're working for linkedin learning yeah. so yeah. i i mean just it's an incredible story and so i want you um sonny Slav, just to share like from you know in summary like what's kind of like your best tip for those that are wanting to become an idol um you know just based on your own experiences of landing your first job i'd, I'd say um use your portfolio not just to create uh, different pieces that you can impress companies with but use your portfolio as a network piece to uh, be able to connect as many people as possible uh, that's that's sort of the path that i that i took that i that i had the mindset for um, I wanted my portfolio to, to not be just a portfolio of different pieces that, that I can show visually, um, but also how many people I was able to connect through with it. How many people did I touch with that portfolio that, that, can, that can help me build even more onto it. So it, it, you could argue that the portfolio started four years ago when I, when I met Christy Tucker and, uh, and I made that first connection. So. From there on, I, I kept connecting with more and more people that could help me build that portfolio. Yeah, and I just love that. I mean, that strategy where not only were you building your portfolio, but you were sharing the things that you learned with the people mm -hmm. that you wanted to work with and that you wanted to learn from. Yeah. And I think yeah, that's right. That's just so valuable. I mean, I hadn't really thought about you know that like sometimes i'll say things like you know share what you're learning in a linkedin post or something like that but to actually right. just directly like use that as a resource to make the connection like because sometimes it's hard for people to even figure out like okay like you know i admire this person and i want to talk to them but i don't know like what to talk to them about without coming off as needy or you know yeah. being a taker and instead, yeah. like if you just share what you're learning and what you're working on, one, you stay at top of mind. And two, like you've just made that conversation easy. You're not even asking exactly. for anything. You're just like, hey, mm -hmm. check it out. Yeah, it's uh, I, I find more often companies are, are interested in, in how you solve problems uh, and what kind of process you take to get there and, and uh, what kind of steps you take uh, rather than, than impressing them with the final result because um, – there are a lot of people out there that will, will try to do that, that, that very same thing, just to show off the product. Oh, look, look what I made. Look how fancy it is. Well, yeah, but like, what is that? That doesn't really tell much about how you got there. It just gives us the final result. 
the solution, the answer to the question. We don't even know what the question is. That's so good. Thank you so much, Stanislav. I really appreciate you thank coming you. <laughs> and um, being on my podcast and just sharing what you've learned. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to, uh, to speak with you and to share my experience. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at idlecourses.com. If you like this podcast and you want to become an instructional designer and online learning developer, join me in the Idle Courses Academy where you'll learn to build all the assets you need to land your first instructional design job, early access to this podcast, tutorials for how to use the e-learning authoring tools, templates for everything course building, and paid instructional design experience opportunities. Go to idlecourses.com forward slash academy and enroll or get on the wait list. Now get out there and build transcendent courses.